We've been in a series for the last few weeks called Habits. This is a three-part series, um, which means we started two weeks ago. Let me encourage you that if you've missed either part one or, or part two of this series, you can go back and you can watch it on any one of our platforms that we're there on. We're on, it's, it's continuously on our Facebook page. It's, it's also on our YouTube channel. It's on our website at alivechurch.ie. You can go back in there and you can watch them because today... In part three, it's the final part. And in part three, what we do is we're, we're tying part one and part two together to make it all make sense for us to be able to apply it to our lives. Amen? Because at the end of the day, everything that we talk about in church, everything that we learn in church, it's all about us applying what we learn to our lives. Amen? Yeah. Amen? Yeah. So we've been talking about habits. And here's the thing. Every what one of the habits that you have, have whether they be good or whether they be bad, bad are developed. developed. Amen. 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 They're, not, uh, they're not hereditary. Unlike some things that are passed on in our genes, our habits are all developed. Good habits and bad habits. Ones that are beneficial to us and ones that are not very beneficial to us. Amen. They're all developed. Good habits that you have will bring you good results. Thank God. Everybody likes good results. Amen. But bad habits that you've developed down through the years, they'll bring you bad results. Amen. They're not good for you. They will destroy your life. They'll destroy your relationship. But here's the thing. Every one of us has habits. So today in closing, I want to talk to you about stopping. How do we stop the habits that we have that are not being beneficial to our lives, that are not bringing life to our lives? How do we stop those habits that are wrecking our relationships, that are wrecking our families, that are wrecking our health? How do we stop them? And here's the thing. Do you know that most people who ruin their lives don't ruin their lives because of hundreds of bad decisions? No, they ruin their lives because of maybe one bad decision. One bad habit, or maybe two. Maybe two, two bad habits that they may have, or two bad decisions, and they end up with their lives in ruins. That was the case with Samson in the book of Judges. Samson was a man who from birth, the word of God says that God's hand was on him from birth. But Samson, within his own power, because of a bad habit that he had, he managed to ruin his life. Bad decision. Judges chapter 16, it says there in verse 1, it says, One day Samson went down to Gaza, where he saw a prostitute. Now, okay, there's a couple of things here that we need to unpack. The first one is Samson going down to Gaza. What was he doing down there in the first place? You see, Gaza was the home of the Philistines the sworn enemy of the children of Israel. And you've got to ask the question, why did Samson feel he needed to go down to the place where his sworn enemies lived? Why did he go down there in the first place? In those days, if you didn't know, I'm sure most of you do, there was no public transport. There was no buses, there was no trains, there was no planes, there was no cars, there was no bicycles. If you wanted to go down to Gaza, you had to, most likely in his case, walk. Now, Gaza wasn't just next door. It wasn't a mile or two away. Gaza was 25 miles down the road. 25 miles you had to walk. Anybody ever walk 25 miles? 25 miles is a journey. Amen. 25 miles is a journey. I know I've done it. A number of years ago, back in 2000, myself and a couple of my friends, we went to walk in the Dublin City Marathon. We were doing it for charity. We were doing it for Crumlin's Children's Hospital. Now, I thought, I thought in my wisdom, because uh, I was used to walking about 40, 45 miles a week at the time, 
and I just walked everywhere. I was kind of like Forrest Gump. I thought that to walk 25 miles, 26 miles of a marathon wouldn't be an issue. But here's the thing. Most of my walking at the time was in about five to seven mile walks during the week. So I thought, well, you know what, no big deal, be fine. So yeah, we done the marathon, finished it, no problem, five and a half hours. I was wrecked. Absolutely wrecked. I was, I was no good for a week there. Absolutely, I was, I was, I was shattered. Samsung here, he walks 25 miles down the road to Gaza, a place where he's hated, a place where he's an enemy. Why? The word of God says he went down to see a prostitute. 25 miles. That's a journey, isn't it? That's a journey to go. 25 miles from here. It's from here to last there. 25 miles. I mean, every one of you has been in last there at some stage. Whether it be going down for the boat, or whether, whether it's doing like what Angela does. Angela loves to go down and watch the boats. But I'm sure every one of you has been in Ross Lair at some stage, but I'm sure none of you have ever walked to Ross Lair. And I'm sure if you had to walk to Ross Lair, I guarantee you there's none of you would have ever been down to Ross Lair. Because really, unless you're going for the boat, you would have more business being in Ross Lair. Not that Ross Lair is not a great place. It's great. Angela loves it. 25 miles. It took me five and a half hours to walk 25 miles in the marathon. So I can only imagine or 26 miles. I can only imagine with, with Samson for him to walk 25 miles on an old rugged road that wasn't a straight, well-paved road or, and I wasn't surprised for him late on down the road. I'm sure it must have took him at least six hours or more all the way down to Gaza to see this prostitute, a place where he was hated. He was so determined to go to Gaza for what? For sin. He was determined to go to Gaza to sin. And I just quote the other day, Sin will take you further than you want to go, keep you there longer than you want to stay, and cost you more than you want to pay. It'll take you further than you want to go, keep you longer than you want to stay, and cost you more than you want to pay. Church, we need to stop some of the habits that we've been in that are destroying our lives, and we need to develop new habits that will advance and bless our lives. Amen. Amen. Do you know that accessibility to sin is what causes most of us to sin in the first place? It's our accessibility to sin. Amen. If you know me for any length of time, you know I love donuts. I love them. My favorite food, donuts. I love them. I love Dunkin' Donuts. I love Krispy Kreme Donuts. I love them. I mean, I mean, if I had, I had a donut, donut shop here in Enniscorthy, I wouldn't get through the double doors down there. Because I would be there every day. Every day. I would eat donuts. Love them. But thank God. In God's great mercy, we don't have a donut shop in town. Glory to God. Because it would be so hard for me to avoid it. Because accessibility to sin makes sin all the easier. Amen? I rarely eat donuts now. If, if we, we go, go to England, England I will get donuts then when I go to England. If, even when I go to Dublin now with the new Krispy Kreme in Dublin, I don't go because it's too awkward for me to get there. Thank God. Amen? Accessibility makes it easier to sin. You know back in the 80s and 90s in Ireland, porn addiction among men was virtually unheard of. 
Virtually unheard of. Why? Because in the 80s and 90s in Ireland, there was no accessibility to men's magazines. They were banned. Thank God. And also, we had no such thing as the internet. Probably in the early 90s, it probably was. But up till then. Do you know today in Ireland that it's estimated that porn addiction among men is as high as 70%? And that in women it's about 30%? Why? Because of accessibility. Everybody carries a device in their pocket nowadays that's easily accessible to sin. You have devices at home that you, that you use, your laptop, your computer, your TV. It's so easy to, to access sin. Back in the 80s, we didn't have that access. No access, no ability to sin. It's no coincidence that the rise of drug use in Ireland and around the world is on the rise as well. Because drugs are easily accessible to people today whereas they weren't as easily accessible in the past. You see, here's my point. If Samson had stayed at home, he would have never got mixed up with Delilah in the first place. Amen? It would have taken Samson, here's the figures, over six hours and 60,000 steps to travel from his home in Gaza to get him to where the sin was. 60,000 steps. And every one of those miles, and every one of those steps, Samson had to make a decision within himself that I'm going to keep going. Because everything that was within him was telling him to turn back, go home. Because God's hand was on his life from an early age. And the Spirit of God was speaking to him on that journey, turn around, go home. But he determined that I am going to Gaza because I want to sin. Amen? Sometimes when sin is shouting at us, we need to determine that we need to turn around and go home. Amen? Amen? Every time that we turn on the TV, click on that channel, every time that we take that phone out of our pocket and are tempted to go on to that place where we know we'll have accessibility to sin, we need to listen to the voice of God and we need to turn around and go home. We need to pull it away. Amen? One bad decision, one bad habit, one day at a time will destroy your life. Just takes one, amen? Just takes one. So here's the question today. Who do you want to become? Who do you want to become? Who do you want to be next week, next year, tomorrow? Who do you want to start on the road to being as the days go by, rather than staying who you are today? Now, I know you're all perfect. I know you are. But I know every one of us has at least one thing that we need to change. What's that one thing that we can change in our lives that will make, make us better, advance us more, get us closer to God more in the days coming? Do you want to become a godly father, a godly husband, a godly mother, a godly wife? Do you want to become a godly teenager, young adult, ones that are setting the example and not following an example? Do you want to become a person who is a healthy, generous person? Who do you want to become? Last week we talked about based on who you want to become, what one habit that you need to start. Today I'm asking you, based on the person that you want to become, one, one habit do you need to break? What habit do you have currently in your life that is not helping you? In fact, it's actually bringing your life down. It's destroying your life. You, you, you know it is. You can feel it. Pulling you back from where you want to be. 
pulling you away from what God wants you to be. What one bad habit do you need to break today in order for you to become the person that God wants you to be tomorrow? Samson had this bad habit of traveling 25 miles down the road into the enemy's territory to visit a prostitute. A bad habit that eventually destroyed his life. One bad habit based on his desires of what he wanted and what he wanted to do was enough for, to destroy the, the complete vision, the complete plan that God had for Samson's life. Because God's hand was on his life from an early age. What one habit do you need to break in order to become the person that God wants you to be? That you know that if you continue in it, you'll never become what God wants you to be. And it will just continue to destroy your life. Here's what James said about bad habits in James chapter 1. This is from the Good News translation. It says, get rid of every filthy habit and all wicked conduct. Submit yourself to God and accept the, the word and the plans that he, that, that he has planted in your heart, which is able to save you. It says, get rid of every filthy habit. But here's the thing. It's so easy to develop bad habits, isn't it? And it's so hard to keep good habits. So easy to develop a bad habit. So easy. But it's so hard to keep them. So easy to break them. Exercise. Praise God. Every year we come into a new year and we all say, every one of us, I believe we do. I don't believe there's any of us that want to get less fit. I believe every year we say to ourselves, you know what, this year... I'm going to walk more. I'm going to exercise more. I'm going to eat better this year. I'm going to be the healthier person this year because I know I'm getting a little bit older. You know, and I, I want my, my walk with God to be a healthy walk. I want it to be a long walk. So every year we determine that this year I'm going to do more than I did last year. But yet many of us by the 20th of January have done even less than we done last year. Because good habits are hard to develop. Amen? Hard to develop and bad habits are hard to break. Amen? Praise God. Bad habits are easy to fall into. Why do you think Samson was prepared to travel so far down to Gaza? Into enemy's territory. You know why? Because it was fun. It was fun. He enjoyed himself. It was something he wanted to do. You see, sin can be fun, can't it? Praise God. Sin can be fun. If sin has never been fun for you, you weren't doing it right. Amen. Because sin can be fun. That's why we do it. There's enjoyment in it. But sin is a trap. Set out by the enemy to destroy your life. To bring you to a place where you don't want to go. To keep you there longer than you want to stay. And to cost you more than you want to pay. It can be enjoyable, yes, in the moment, but it's set to destroy your life. But thank God for the grace of God. Amen? I talked in church one time a number of years ago about the great grace of God and, and how even though, you know, um, we try to do our best, we try not to sin, we try to walk in, the, in, the, in, 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 in a life that's, that's chased from sin, but how we still manage to fall. But I talked about how 
God's grace was so strong that's able to keep us even when we do fall. And as soon as I was finished, I went into the office to get something, and a man followed in after me, and he came in after me and said, I can't accept that. I said, why? He said, because, you know, I believe, he said, that even though I am saved, I believe that if, if I fall, if I, if, if I fall back into sin, I believe that God condemns me. I said to him, no, no, that's not the truth. He said, that's what I believe, he said. He said, that's what keeps me from falling. I said, I don't believe that's the way God is. I believe God is a God that shows us grace. That God is a God that knew that we would never be able to keep ourselves. That's why he took it out of our hands, amen? amen. And he gave us grace. Now, God doesn't want us to sin, but God knows that when we do sin, that our forgiveness is found in Jesus. Amen. He went away and he still thought that, you know what? No. He actually said to me on the way out, he said, that knowing that if I am in sin that if I should die, that I would end up condemned. He says, it's what keeps me from sinning in the first place. He said, if I believe what you believe, he said, I would never be faithful to my family. I thought, wow, that's tough. He was not 10 seconds after walking out of the office when another man walked in and he said, praise God for that message, he said. I've been telling my friends that for years. That God's grace is stronger than the enemy. He said, thank God, he said, I'm going to go and tell all of my friends again that God's grace is strong enough to hold us even when we're not strong enough to walk away from sin. Praise God, he said. Sin will take you further than you want to go, keep you there longer than you want to stay, cost you more than you want to pay. You see, sin can be fun. And you can get temporary enjoyment for sin, but sin will never bring you long-term benefits and, and it will only serve to destroy your life and destroy your relationships. Amen? Yes, amen? Sin and bad habits have a perceived benefit of enjoyment in the moment, but they'll cost you down the road. These bad habits, they'll cost you down the road. Bad habits that will cost you your relationships, cost you your marriage, could cost you your job, cost you your health. Amen. Amen? And these are the ones that we want to identify and we want to break them. So how do we break them? You know, in order for you to break a bad habit, there's a couple of things that you need to do. First one is pretty obvious. That is, admit you have a bad habit. Yes, amen. amen. First one is obvious, but not easy. Because a lot of us... The bad habits that we have brings us enjoyment. So therefore, we don't want to admit that they're a bad habit. We think that they're good for us, and we don't want to admit that they're bad for us. So therefore, it's hard for us to put our hand up and say, this is a bad habit. But that's the first thing that we need to do. The second thing that we need to do in order for us to break a bad habit is that we need to make it difficult. Amen. Amen. We need to make it difficult. I thank God that there is no donut shops in Wexford. <laughs> it's difficult for me to get donuts. Glory to God. Amen. Because if they were easy to get to, I'd be there all the time. Amen. I'd live there. They'd know me by name. I'd have a loyalty card. They would be inviting me in when they invited, invented new recipes. I would be on their advertisements. Amen. If you have a problem, if you have something that's tearing you down, if you have a bad habit 
that's keeping your life back, that's destroying your life, you need to identify it and you need to put distance between you and that bad habit. Amen? Amen. Put some distance between you and that habit. If you have a problem with pornography, every time that you open your laptop or your phone, you need, and, and you find yourself levitating towards this sort of stuff, you need to put some distance between yourself and that. Yeah. Amen? You need to put some checks and balances in there. There's a great program out there that, um, that, that every time, if you have this program on your phone or app or whatever it's called on your phone, that every time you click on a certain page that, that, know, that you know will bring you to a place of sin and compromise, that it will send a message to a friend of yours. Now, how many people want anybody else to know that they're accessing that sort of stuff? Yeah. Amen? Yeah. Another thing you can do is, is make all of your devices available to everyone in your family. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. Have everyone in your family know exactly what you're looking at, exactly where you are. Yeah. Amen? Make it no problem to let people know. Because if, it's, if you find it, it, that you're taking the accessibility away, then you're making it harder for you to be able to do it. Amen? If you find that every time you open your laptop, when you're on your own, that you're levitating towards this sort of stuff, make your laptop public domain in your family. Amen? Amen? Amen. Amen. Let everybody use it. Amen? Make it hard. Put some checks and balances between you and the habit. Make it hard for you to go. Make it hard for you to have access to what's bringing you and pulling you down. If you have a problem with sugar, stop buying sugar. Stop buying sweets. Stop buying cakes. Stop buying biscuits. If you have a problem with that sort of stuff, stop buying them. If your issue is with smoking, stop buying cigarettes. If you have an issue with alcohol, stop buying alcohol. I heard a guy on the radio there not, not, not a month ago. He had a gambling addiction. He said he used to steal from his mother to gamble. And when he used to get his money every week, straight into the bookies. You know what he did? He went into the bookies and he got himself banned out of every bookmaking shop in the country. Seemingly, if you go into any bookmaker shop, ask him for a form to ban you from the bookmaking shop, they'll give you a form, you fill out the form, and then they'll ban you. And they'll send all your information around to all the rest of the bookmaking shops, and you will not be allowed to gamble. He said it was great. He broke the addiction because he now put a check in a balance. He now made it hard for himself to be able to gamble. I mean, he done two things. What we're talking about, he recognized he had an issue. He recognized he had a bad habit. He had a problem. It was destroying his family. It was destroying his relationship with his mother. It was destroying his life. He recognized it. Amen. And he'd done something about it. Amen? Amen? He put some checks and balances and distances in between himself and his addiction. Solomon was one of the wisest men in history. And he said this in Proverbs chapter 4. He said, Don't set a foot on the path of the wicked or walk in the ways of evildoers. Avoid it. Do not travel on it. Turn from it and go your way. Don't go down that road. You know the road that leads you down to them websites that you like to go to when you're feeling bad, or you're feeling low, or whatever. You know the way that, that you have that brings you to doing the thing that you know that you shouldn't do. Put some distance between you and that habit. Amen? Start making it difficult. You know what they say? The thing that you stop feeding, it eventually will die. 
Stop feeding your habits. Amen? Amen. It's easy for me not to eat sugar when there's no sugar in the house. When there's no cakes, when there's no biscuits, when there's no chocolate in the house, I won't eat it. I'll never buy it. I'll never buy it for myself when I'm out. But if it's a home, if someone else bought it, I'll eat it. Simple as that. But if it's not in the house, I won't eat it. I won't even crave it. I'm fine. Amen? The easiest way for you to stop smoking is stop buying cigarettes. The easiest way for you to stop drinking, stop buying alcohol. Put some distance there between you and, and uh, habit. Amen? Praise God. Another thing that we can do to get, hebel, to, to, to get help, should I say, in breaking our bad habits is to check your friends, the group of friends, the people you travel around in. I don't know many times I've heard a story of, of, of a mother saying, that's not my son, when there's a guard knocking on their door saying that, you know, trouble, he's gotten in trouble, he's been arrested or something has gone on. And the mother will say, that's not my son. It's the group that he's traveling around with influenced him to do that. If you find yourself, even as a teenager or even as an adult, traveling with a group of friends that is continuously leading you to bad habits and continuously leading you to sin, check that friend group and get rid of them. Amen. 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 The same for us adults. Yes. If you have friends that are constantly taking you to a place that you don't want to go, you're not a friend. Amen. 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 We need to surround ourselves with people that are for us. Surround ourselves with people that are trying to build up our lives, encouraging us to do better. Surround ourselves with friends that will, will when we, they see that we have a, a bad habit and we're trying to break it, that will encourage us. Yeah. Not a friend that will buy you cigarettes. Not a friend that will, will, will uh, uh, give you a, a DVD. Or not a friend that will, will, will buy you alcohol. You need to surround yourself with friends that are on your side, Amen that maybe have been there before you and will encourage you to, to get free of whatever habit or addiction that you find yourself in. Proverbs chapter 13 says in verse 20, it says, He who walks with wise men will be wise. He who walks with wise men will be wise. Find wise men and walk with them. Amen. 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 But it says a companion of fools will be destroyed. Yes. That tells me that if you want to be wise, find wise men, walk with them. But if you want your life to be destroyed, even though you have the potential to be wise, find a companion of fools and walk with them. Amen. Every one of us has the potential to be wise. Amen. If we just check the people that are influencing our lives. Amen. If your friends are leading you to a place where you don't want to go, a place of destruction, you need to lose them. Simple as that. Amen. 1 Corinthians 15 says... Do not be deceived. Evil or bad company will corrupt good habits. You as parents, you can put into your kids some great habits, some great, uh, um, some great uh, standards in their lives. But if they, if they allow themselves to be influenced by people who will influence them for bad, then even though you try to put good habits into them, their friends will be a greater influence and they will bring them to a place that you don't want them to go, that you know will be a destruction for them. Kids, check your friends. Adults, check your friends. Are they feeding your life for growth? Or are they feeding your life for destruction? Church, you will become, you will become 
the friends you hang around with. Amen. You will become what you hang around with. If you hang around with wise people, you will become wise. If you hang around with idiots, you will become an idiot. Amen. 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 Praise God. Proverbs chapter 27, verse 17, our final scripture says, Iron sharpens iron. So a man's countenance will sharpen, so a man's, so a man sharpens the countenance of his friend. Iron will sharpen iron. Are you hanging around with an iron or are you hanging around with a stick? Amen? Because a stick will break. Or if you rub them together hard enough, they will go on fire. But a stick will lead to destruction. You need to hang around with iron. Amen? If you want your life to grow, if you want your life to advance, if you want to break the bad habits that you may have in your life, you need to hang around with wise people. Hang around with iron. Amen. Amen. You know, it's impossible to break a habit. No, that's not right. It's not impossible. It's not impossible to break a habit that you have that's been destroying your life. It's not impossible. Whatever it may be. Whether it be drinking, smoking, pornography, or whatever it may be, it's not impossible. It wasn't impossible for Samson to break that habit. All he needed to do was stop going down to Gaza. There's three things you need to do. You need to be honest enough to admit that you have a bad habit that's not benefiting your life. Then you need to put some distance between you and that bad habit. Then you need to surround yourself with people that are going in the same direction as you want to go in. Amen?